the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and gives it light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have, n I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. In the name of the one God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. The first Sunday in February is always a special day here at St. Andrews. As you can see, it is Scout Sunday, and we are here to celebrate our own Troop 16 and recognize the birth of Scouts, which happens on February 8th. So we are so glad to have the Scouts and their families here this morning. Troop 16 has had a long tradition here at St. Andrews, and in fact, some of you might remember that they celebrated their 100th anniversary last summer. Now, I must admit, I know very little about the scouting program. My husband and I have three daughters and no sons. He was never a Boy Scout, nor were my, was my dad or my brothers. So my only exposure to the scouting program has been through the parishioners here at St. Andrews. Serving as the youth minister for several years, I have gotten to know many of the young men who are members of various troops throughout Kansas City. And although I might not know the intricate details of the scouting program, I can attest to the character of the scouts who serve St. Andrews as acolytes, student leaders, and members of our youth group. These young men are always willing to lend a helping hand. They help clean up after church events when many others just kind of skedaddle out of there. Um, they show younger acolytes what to do on a Sunday morning, and we just that just happened this morning with John Kermer helping Jack in a new position this morning. They are playful and outgoing, they have energy, but when the time comes to be serious and to do their job, they do so with respect and honor. They are determined, polite, caring, giving, and faithful. I have to say there is a spirit about them that is hard to describe, but when you're around any one of them or a group of them, that spirit is palpable. I think these young men are shining examples of the way Jesus is calling the disciples to live 
in the gospel reading we hear this morning. In fact, I think this is how they are shining examples of how Jesus calls us to live 2,000 years after his death. The gospel reading from Matthew this morning is part of a, it's part of a five-part discourse from Jesus. Many of you know it as the Sermon on the Mount. And in his sermon, Jesus tells the disciples about a new way of living out the Jewish law and commandments. Jesus explains what it looks like to live as his followers and to serve as members of God's kingdom. He also reminds them that he, did, he didn't come to abolish what they already know, but he came to fulfill it, to enhance it, to show the disciples a deeper way to embrace the covenantal living. In this week's reading, we hear Jesus describing and prescribing who the disciples are to be and who we are called to be in this new way of living in Christ. He tells the disciples, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father. For first century Palestinian Jews, Jesus is describing a very, very foreign way of relating to a world that is under Roman oppression. Jesus is in fact telling the disciples to be change agents in a world wrought with disparity, where division between those who have and those who have not are deep and wide. Then Jesus ends the reading today with, to me, some kind of harsh words or startling. It certainly put me in my tracks. He tells the disciples, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. I can't help but wonder what the disciples were thinking as Jesus is telling them all of these things. I mean, I wonder if they were questioning whether they could really be the salt of the earth or the light of the world and make any difference in this oppressive world in which they live. And of course, the scribes and the Pharisees are the religious leaders of the day, and could they really exceed them? I would imagine it would be easy to believe that life wouldn't change for them. So they might even think, why try? Possibly complacency could set in. And I wonder, have you ever felt that way? Wondering if your actions can really influence the change that is needed in the world. Our world is no different than theirs. The trials and tribulations we face in the United States, some of them different, but many of them the same. Divisiveness, poverty, hunger, violence, homelessness, the list goes on and on. And it can feel impossible to create the change that we so desperately need. And yet, there's Jesus right in front of us, calling us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And I think the key to being the salt of the earth, that agent that enhances the lives of others, and being the light of the world, 
where you are reflecting your relationship with God to others, I think it lies in our righteousness. In Jesus' call for our righteousness to be greater than the scribes and Pharisees. Now, upon hearing this, it might seem like a tall order. I mean, for me, can I really exceed Mother Teresa? (laughs) However, that's not really the goal. The goal is your relationship, our right relationship with God, what that looks like for each of us. So what might a right relationship with God look like? Jesus, through the Sermon on the Mount, is calling us, all of us, to be active and to have a living relationship with God. A relationship where Christ is at the center of our lives, and from there all other relationships flow. Relationships with others and relationships with ourselves. A relationship where grace and blessing abound. We all know relationships take work. Healthy, viable relationships take work and commitment. This holds true for our most important relationship of all, our relationship with God. Our relationship with God is not to be passive, but a breathing, living, active relationship where we can come humbly before God with all that we have and all that we are. My 92-year-old mother has always said, going to church is a habit. You have to be intentional about it for a while before it becomes second nature. I heard this my entire life. (laughs) But I think she's right. And I think the same can be said for our relationship with God. It takes work. It takes intentionality. It is simple, and yet it is so hard especially when we allow the demands of our life and the world to get in our way. It's easy to become complacent in our lives. However, Father John last week spoke of some steps that we can take to deepen our relationship with God. And for those of you that weren't there, and for those of you like me that might need reminding, I will share them with you again. Read the Bible. Say your prayers. Come to worship. Learn your faith. Serve the world and make a pledge. What would our lives look like? What would the world look like if we embrace this call to action? I can only speak for myself, but when I begin my day in prayer and with scripture, There is a different energy that flows throughout my day. It doesn't mean that my day is going to be perfect and there aren't going to be trials and tribulations, but I know I'm not alone and that there's a presence with me every step of the way. When I actively engage in my relationship with God, I too can then love my neighbors and myself. The world needs our salt and light that flows from our right relationship with God. So when Jesus tells the disciples, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, he's talking about us all. 
this community of believers who can bring God's kingdom to life in a world that so desperately needs it, when we can collectively take seriously the call for an active relationship with God to be the salt, to be the light of the world, our righteousness will shine forth. And just like that city on the hill, God's kingdom will not be hid. Amen.